This is Listen Again with the Bridge, your opportunity to hear Sunday's message. We hope you enjoy listening, and it all starts right now. It's great to have you with us today. Hope you're enjoying your Memorial Weekend. We are diving into week two of a sermon entitled, Where is God? And uh, I just kind of wanted to pick up where we left off last week, and I got to say, I, I think the timing of that was uh, pretty good. Um, not on my part, I'll be honest with you. I just kind of was led to do this while we were on vacation. But um, just knowing what we've been through this week, uh, maybe not you personally, but what we have witnessed, what we've watched as another tragedy has struck America again this week, and another school shooting, another opportunity to bring fear into the hearts of people, another opportunity for anxiety as parents are going to drop their kids off at school and wonder, is this ever going to happen to my child? It's another opportunity for division and dissension in our country because everybody wants to express their opinion of how to fix it and what's the best way to do this. Should it be a lack of guns or better help for mental health or a lack of God in schools? You can, you can talk about all those things and it creates such dissension in our own country. It's sad to watch as people just want to give their opinion of how things should work and how things are going to work. And what happens through all of that evil and all of those things is people begin to say, where is God? Where is God in all of this? I want to believe in God, but I don't feel him. That's what we talked about last week. How do you believe in a God when you can't see him, when you don't hear him audibly? How do you believe in a God when you see things like this go on in our country? And I would say it's an increasing mindset year after year, uh, every generation, as morality begins to just uh, go further and further from what it used to be, what happens is more and more people are coming to the point where they say, I don't believe in God. No way God exists. Even those who have been in church maybe before, believed before, are now looking at that going, how could there be a God with the crisis they've experienced? Or, you know, some would argue that, you know, it's, it's something they didn't feel again, and so therefore they can't believe it. But I actually, I said this last week, and I'll hold to this again, I believe that many people that live in that zone, that live in that mentality, they are not really rejecting the true God. They're rejecting a uh, skewed version of God. They're not rejecting the God that we're going to talk about today, the God of Scripture. Instead, they're rejecting a distorted view of God. Last week, we learned that the presence of God is so much more than a feeling. He, just because you don't feel him doesn't mean he isn't there. And before we get too heavy, I want to I talk about this, but I'm going to have a little fun. But many people say, how can you believe when innocent kids die in a school? How can I believe that God would let hungry children die? I prayed for something and the worst thing happened. And what we're looking for is an on-demand God. We're looking for a God that will just answer our prayer when we ask. And if he doesn't, then we say, well, he must not be real. So I want to um, 
Because our church, I love the diversity we have. We talk about that, all the different walks of life, different denominations all coming together and worshiping together. There's unity here, and I love that. We have a lot of generations. Yes, we aim young with the music that we do, the style of church, but, but we want something for all generations. We have something to offer everyone, and I love that because we can all learn from one another. Young people can learn from the old, and old can learn from the young. And I'm going to age myself for just a moment as we take a step back in time. For some of my Gen Xers, baby boomers, uh, we're going to have a little fun for a moment. If you have Snapchat, you're probably just going to take a time out for a minute. You're probably not going to know what I'm talking about because uh, this probably is not something you grew up with. But many of us grew up watching television shows. And I'm, yeah, yeah, you, it's okay to laugh at that. But these television shows were, there's something important that I want to point out about them. But I want to get you in the mindset first. So we're going to have a little fun here. I'm going to play a theme song, and I want you to tell me what show this is that this theme song goes with. Feel free to just yell it out to me if you know. Let's start with the first one. Let's just see how many people are my age or older would be like, hey, I know that theme song. Let's, let's, let's just hear it. Oh, you're already getting it. I see it. There you go. The Love Boat. Yeah. Man, wasn't that a show. Woo. Oh, how about this one? Let's try the next one. Anybody know this one? Uh-huh. Fantasy Island, that's right. De Plain, De Plain. You remember? Yeah, it's taking you back, isn't it? I got two more for you. We're going to have a little more fun here. Try this one. Give it a minute. Yeah, Dallas, that's right. You remember? All right, I got this last one. It's going to be my all-time favorite. Guys, I'm sorry, ladies, you probably aren't going to connect so much. Guys, how about this last one? Yeah, you knew it quick. Come on. Just the good old boys. Yeah. Isn't that good stuff? Okay, now that I have you in that mindset, I'm going to say something. I'm going to blow some young people's minds. All right. Now that you understand where we're at today and back in the early 80s, when those shows came on Friday night at seven, if you were not sitting in front of the TV, you missed it. <laughs> That'll blow your mind, won't it, young people? You, what? You couldn't just flip it up on YouTube or whatever other streaming device. No, if you weren't sitting in front of the TV, there was no record button. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. You're with me. That's hard to fathom. The commercials, you just had to sit and watch them. You couldn't fast forward through them. You just had to sit there. I actually raced against the commercials. As a kid, I remember this. My, my parents always wanted me, got to take a shower every night, right? Clean up. So what I would do is when my show was on, I didn't want to miss one second of it. I was standing at the living room door, and when the show ended, I would bust it to the bathroom, try to shower, get dried off, get my clothes back on, and run out before the commercial was over, just so I couldn't miss one second of the show. Because there was no pause. You had to be there. And we are in a different culture. We're in a di completely different mindset today. And we think differently. I don't even watch football live anymore. I don't want to watch the commercials. I just fast forward through them. My, my brother texts me Friday night. NBA playoffs are on. 
Don't typically watch a lot of NBA, but I like watching the playoffs. I like seeing who's going to win, who's going to make it to the finals. They're in the semifinals right now. There's three minutes left in the game. NBA playoffs, Friday night, there's only three minutes left. It's tied. I bet it took 30 to 40 minutes to get through three minutes because they would pass the ball in, somebody would foul, it'd go to commercial, they'd come back and shoot free throws, and the same thing happened about 15 times. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, I wish I'd have recorded this and just fast forward. We're so spoiled to just on demand. We, that's what we are becoming as this generation is on demand generation. Even Amazon, I want it tomorrow. It's got to be delivered now because I need it. And there are many people that want an on demand God. We want it right when we ask for it. I prayed for it. God didn't do it. Therefore, I don't believe in God. He must not be real. You might have been a teenager praying and begging, God, help my parents to stay together, and they didn't. He didn't answer that prayer, and now you question, is there a God? You might be one who was in a small group, and you all gathered gathered together, and you prayed for healing for someone, and it didn't happen. And you're saying, what's up with that God? Where are you? So often, when God doesn't do what we think he should, a lot of people get frustrated, decide he either must not be real, he's not powerful, he's not good, God doesn't care. And we begin to have that mentality. And the answer to this is that that God does not exist. On-demand God does not exist. What we have to do is we have to make sure that we understand where we fit in this narrative. Where do we fit in the story of God and creation and, uh, and eternity? Where do we fit into that story? Can I enlighten you today that God does not exist to serve us? We exist to serve him. I'm going to try to say that again with a little bit of feedback. God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. Amen. Amen. Man, that's hard. It's very easy to think the other way. It's very easy to think, I just, man, I just ask God whenever I need something and he's going to be there. He's going to do my thing. When truly we are created by him to work for him, to serve him. God does not exist to do whatever we want whenever we want him to. He may answer prayers. Let's be honest. Does God answer prayer? He can and will answer prayers at times. But his highest calling is not to do what we think he should do. God does not exist to serve us. And we have to recognize if you're reading the Bible, we are not the main character of the Bible. God is the main character in the Bible. He created us. He's the creator. We're the created. He's the potter. We're the clay. He is Lord of all, and we are his servants. And we need to understand that on-demand God does not exist. Now that we understand that, now that we're kind of on the same page and we've established that, then the question becomes, then what is he? What's his role? Who is he if he's not on-demand God? Well, let's look at some things that God is. Three things. I don't know why we always use three things, but we got three things today, just like we always have three things. Let's look at three things we know about God. God is always loving. God's heart is always loving. If you think about it from a parent perspective, parents, we always love our children. There may be times we don't like them. 
There may be times you might be thinking about trading them in for a newer one or a better one. But we love our children. I'm teasing. I promise I've never had that thought. (laughs) We love our kids. We always love our children. There are times when we do not do what they want us to do, even though we have the power to do it. Am I right? Let's think about that for a moment. There are times that we don't do what they want us to do, even though we have the power to do it. Don't forget your lunch today. It's sitting on the bar. Okay. And then we get the call. I'm at school. I forgot my lunch. Okay, I'm going to run it up there. Next time, don't forget your lunch. It's on the bar. They get to school. I forgot my lunch. All right, I'm going to bring it up there. The third time, you get that phone call and you're like, you're going to be hungry today. Not because we don't love them, not because we don't have the power to carry it and take it right up to their school, but we have to help them. We're helping them by not helping them. Am I right? Did you do your homework? Well, I'll make sure I get to it before Sunday night. I'll do it. All right, you got all weekend. You better do it. You remind them again. Sunday night comes. Homework's not done. Can you help me with my homework? Nope, not because I can't. Not because I don't love you, but because I'm trying to help you. It's not because we don't have the power. It's actually because I love you that I'm not always going to do exactly what you want me to. Sometimes I'm trying to develop something in you rather than do something for you. It's how our Heavenly Father works. We forget that sometimes. We need to understand that when God doesn't do exactly what we want... Even though he could, even though we believe he should, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love us. He always has our best interest at heart. His heart is always loving. I think back to Easter. We talked about future, present, and past. How we can be secure about our future. We can know where we're going in the future. We can live life to to the full in the present. And we can get beyond that past, that past that keeps always haunting us. And we, we talked about those things, and we used Romans chapter 8, verse 35, the same scripture I'm going to use today. I love scripture because, again, we talk about how it's alive and active. It works in different areas of our life. And as we're talking about a loving God, we can re- read Romans 8, 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. Now, anytime I read this, I I always kind of make a joke about that idea of nakedness because it seems like an odd thing to say in that moment. But let's just bring that up to date a little bit. Let's, Let's change the words just a little bit, what Paul was asking here. When he says, what shall separate us? Because I highly think, uh, it's, it's highly unlikely that you're going to show up this week finding yourself naked and confronting a sword, right? Let's be honest. If it does, you got a pretty good story to go with that. If that truly did happen in your life this week, I might want to hear about it. But what he's saying here is, shall financial trouble separate us? Shall relational breakdown with others separate us from the love of Christ? Shall unemployment or cancer or depression? We can say in all these things, verse 37, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through what? Through him who loved us. His heart is always loving. No matter what happens in this world, church, his heart is always loving. 
Verse 38, I'm convinced neither death nor life, angels nor demons, the present nor the future, nor any powers, height nor depth, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Church, that's good preaching without saying anything else. We could go home right now. Amen? It's good. We serve a loving God, and we need to understand he doesn't just exist to help us and just to get us through. And He can do that, and he does do that. He doesn't prove his love when he answers our prayers. He proved his love when he sent his son. He doesn't prove his love just by doing what we ask him to do. He proved his love in that while we were sinners, Christ died for each and every single one of us. His heart is always loving. There's never a time when he doesn't love us. Second thing, his ways are always higher. There are times in our lives we just don't understand. There's times in our lives we're saying, where is God? And I got to tell you, when I don't understand, I'm not going to fake it. And I'm not just going to try to explain it away to you and make something up. There are times if I was to do that, not only would I be wrong, that would be dangerous for me to try to explain what God is thinking in that moment. There are times I just don't know and you don't know. There are so many things that are above my pay grade when it comes to where I, you know, I take faith in God over my wisdom or my ability to understand what he's doing. We need faith in those moments. We talked about it last week. It's in the absence of our understanding that our faith grows the most. A really good person struck down in the middle of life. A drunk driver that takes out a family. Those things that we just truly don't understand. There are so many things that I won't even attempt to describe, but all I know to do in those moments is look at Scripture, because Scripture is truth, and it speaks truth to us. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, God said this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I can take comfort Now recognize that God is wiser than I am. He already knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Time does not hold him. He is a sovereign, good God working all things to bring about good. Amen to that? He has the end in mind and that his ways, his knowledge, his power goes well beyond my limit of understanding. It's because of that I don't have to understand everything to trust his heart. I don't have to understand everything to trust his character, his nature, and his goodness. I don't know how many times, maybe you've experienced this, this as well, but in my life where I didn't understand in the moment that I was, what I was going through. I didn't understand why God was taking me through something, but when I look back years later and I see that path actually took me to a better place. But let's be honest, it's not always a better place. Some of you have been there, and you've been wondering, where is God? And you think, well, maybe he's taking me somewhere better, and it doesn't end better. We can't explain those things. Even if it's not a better place, it still could be a place of purpose. Can I say that again? We need to truly hear that even though it may not be a better place, it could be a better place, a place of purpose, excuse me. 
You can choose to somehow just survive a, a situation or a place, or you can be strengthened by that place. You can resent the place, or like John on the Isle of Patmos, he wrote revelation in that place. There was purpose in that place. It's, is this going to be a place where you become bitter, turn on God, give up or quit? Or like Romans 5, 3, and 4, you can say, I'm going to glory in the suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character hope. It can be a place of purpose. So often we want God to... Give us what we want. And God wants to show us that he is what we need. He is not on-demand God. And here's what we have to understand. When he doesn't exist, what do we do with that? As we serve him with all of our hearts, we can know and be assured that his ways are always loving. His ways are higher. His ways are better. And the third and final thought. We ended with this last week. And I like ending with this again. God's presence is always enough. God's presence is always enough. You know, sometimes it's hard to believe that. I'm just being real with you today. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we lose thoughts or lose sight of this thought. That God's presence is always enough. He is present in our pain even when we don't feel it. He has a purpose and he is present when we're hurting. Psalm 46.1. It says that God is our refuge, our strength. I love this line. Our ever-present help in time of trouble. Ever-present. That's why Jesus came as Emmanuel, God with us. Ever-present help in time of trouble. Moses, in Exodus 33, 14, God spoke to Moses and encouraged him that he would be with Israel and with Moses as he carried them out of Egypt. He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. 1 John 4, 16, we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Listen to this. God is love. We've talked about that a lot lately. It's not what he does, it's who he is. God is love, and whoever abides in his love abides in God, and God abides in him. There's cause and effect here. Cause and effect in this scripture, that's what John's saying. If you're abiding and dwelling in love, then you are abiding and dwelling with God. His presence is enough. Psalm 16, 11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures. How long? Forevermore. That's not just the life on this earth. Forevermore. That's eternity. That's the most reassuring thing about this verse. He's going to make to known to us the path of life, but it speaks of eternal life. How do we know? Because he says, at your right hand are pleasures, not just for tomorrow, not just to get me through this life, forevermore. I don't know, maybe you're relatively new to following Christ. Maybe you still got a few questions going around up there like, is this thing even real? If you can get beyond what I would call 
complacent Christianity where we just kind of come to church whenever we have a chance or, you know, we kind of throw God in around our lives and fit him into schedule where we might have a spot. If you can get beyond that and truly pursue the ever-loving God, the one who cares for each and every one of us, if you can pursue him, get to know his nature in such a way, years from now, you'll have that deepest assurance that even when you don't feel him, even when you don't see him, just like the song we just sang and we're going to sing it again at the end, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He can do those things. I'm not saying God does not want to help us. I'm not saying God doesn't want to answer your prayers. Please do not misunderstand that today. But he does not exist to just do what we ask him to do. We exist to serve him. He is too powerful. He is too strong. He is too sovereign. He is way too good to be a puppet to men. He does not exist just to do what we want, even in those moments when we believe he should. He is the creator and the sustainer of this universe. And he is the one who knows the end from the beginning. The God who created us with the purpose. And he draws us to him that we might exist to bring him glory. When things happen that we don't understand. When something doesn't go the way we plan, we trust that he is conforming us. He is changing us. He is making us more like Jesus. Even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't understand, he's working. God's heart is always loving. His ways are always higher in his presence. It's always enough. Will you bow your heads with me today? You know what, I think one of the the problems sometimes in believing in God is this last point today, the same point we had last week, that God's presence is enough. Unfortunately, we forget to take time in his presence. That's the reason it's lacking is because we're not taking the time, we're not seeking that ever-loving God. We're not trusting him in those moments when we don't understand. We're looking for an answer through a counselor, through a friend, through someone else that maybe can get us through a day. And we're missing out on someone who can get us through eternity. So I'm not here to create some kind of emotion. I'm not here to, again, get chill bumps to go up and down your spine. I hope that for just a moment, you would take some time to truly experience his presence. And as you do, I pray that that just becomes something like last week we talked about, that you hunger for, that you thirst for. Every single day longing for the presence of God. Understanding that without it, you feel empty. Without it, you feel lost. 
God, I pray your presence would be so real in us today. We don't truly understand everything that's going on in this world. There's times when we wonder, where are you in all of this? God, even when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't feel it, we can't hear it, we can't touch it. You truly are working. These few seconds, few moments in the presence of God, let's be real. That's not going to be the fix to the rest of your life. Again, this is something we have to desire within our own hearts. We have to seek. He promised we would find it if we seek with all our hearts. We talked about that last week as well. Make this a practice in your life to seek the presence of God. I want to shift our thinking for just a moment, our prayers for just a moment to a lot of people in this nation that are hurting right now. I'm going to ask you to join with me as we pray for those who are hurting, who truly may have the question, where is God as my child was taken from me this week? Can we lift them up in prayer right now? And pray that God would surround them with love, that God would surround them with other people that may not have the words. Who, who could have the words? But Father, we come to you right now for those who are lost and hurting. God, we don't understand it. All we know to do is turn to you in these times, and I pray that those who are hurting, God, would not turn on one another. They would not turn to the things of this world, but God, they would turn to you. And Lord, that your presence would be enough. We don't just say that today. We truly believe that because of who you are. We ask that you would be enough in this moment, God, uh, uh, to try to fill that void, those questions in their heart and in their life. We can't even begin to understand what they're going through, but all we know to do is ask that you do what only you can do. Supernaturally, touch their hearts. God, for those officers who are in a moment didn't really know what to do. God, God, they're questioning everything they've done. Lots of people are questioning them. I pray for their hearts. 
pray for our nation, God, as we try to determine how to handle this, how to deal with it, how to deal with the loss, how to deal with uh, the right decisions to make moving forward. Lord, that, that we could see some unity, that we could see some leaders step up and truly lead in unity. And Lord, right here in our own community, you've called us here. You've placed us here. And I pray that every single day, you would use us. Lord, that your presence would be on us so much that we're overflowing. We're overflowing with joy. We're overflowing with love. That others would see that from within us. Lord, for those that are lost, that we can help them to find you through kind words, through actions, through deeds. God, through everything outside this church that goes on, that you are still known, that your presence is still real, and that we lead them to the answer. Pray for each and every one of us in here to be that. David, I'm going to ask, would you just... Uh, can we stand in this place right now as we conclude this part? I just want to, before we go to communion, I literally want us just to sing. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Can we just, can we sing that right now?